Welcome to the When to Jump podcast. My name is Mike Lewis. This week on the show, we've got Travorsky Tylon Garrett coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, it is our first conversation where we go really deep on the power of music. I don't think on the show we've had that discussion before. Uh, we also talk about something that we've certainly covered before in the past, but in different flavors. Uh, you know what it means uh, to carry expectations, not just from yourself, but but from your family, from a community. Uh, in Travorsky's case, or Ty as he goes by, Ty's case, uh, it was coming out of Rome, Georgia. Uh, oldest of eight kids, and what does that what does that mean? Uh, what what does he need to do to to be successful, and not just successful in his eyes, but the eyes of of those he respects, his community folks uh, in the world that that he's in. So we're going to dive into that. Um, it's a wide-ranging discussion. It's a lot of fun, and I'm not going to give it too much away. So so stay tuned. Get out your pad and pencil because we're going to drop some music recs for you as we go through the conversation. Uh, but I'm going to take you there right now, my conversation with Travorsky, Tylon Garrett. All right. Ty, should we listen to the full name? Travorsky, Tylon Garrett. Nothing, yeah, you got it. That's it. Just Travorsky, Tylan Gary. Travorsky, Tylan Gary. Yeah, a lot of people ask me, you know, am I Polish? Am I Russian? Whatever it is. Uh, and I'm, you know, all of six foot, 220 pound and very dark. <laughs> um, so, and then they hear me talk and I have like this little drawl or whatnot. And they're like, yeah, you're probably not from there. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I feel like this could be an episode just on names and like, what does a name do? No, seriously, I think we should start there because you told me something interesting that you don't go by your first name. Yeah, no, 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 no. So I go by Thailand, right, which is my middle name, and that's a name my parents have always called me. Um, so basically, didn't go by Travorsky growing up because you have to know how to spell your name in, in elementary, right? And Travorsky, it's nine letters. It, it was really tough, right? So I, was, <laughs> I went by Thailand. But then I went to Georgia Tech where I played football, and they assumed, you know, Travorsky was what, they, what I wanted on the locker, so they put that up on the locker. Travorsky Garrett was too long. They cut off the Vorsky, so I was essentially Trey Garrett. So if you met me between the years of 2010 and 2015, I was going by Trey. But then in 2016, I actually converted back to like Thailand. And now that's even shortened down to like Thai, right? So I'm a man of many names. And you're a man of many names in part because you said something interesting around uh, waiting to go back to Travorsky. <laughs> yeah, I'm saving Travorsky, right? Like, that one's in my back pocket. I feel like it's, it's too... Um, you know, it's too good of a name to just waste it when I'm not quite ready for the name, if that makes sense, right? So I'm going to wait until I'm like very distinguished or do something amazing. And then, you know, hey, everyone, it's not Thailand, it's Travorsky, right? So. And what has to happen for that to happen? I don't know. I might have to like compose a musical or uh, might write a book. Um, no, I just, huh, what has to happen? So, I mean, I'm, I was a big Pokemon, Pokemon fan, like growing up, yeah. right? Uh, and so you have Pikachu, Raichu, there's essentially like all these evolutions. So I feel like I need to go through an evolution and before I can use the name Travorsky. Um, and what is that evolution? Maybe that's like, you know, working in an area I'm super passionate about or like starting a company or, um, you know, getting a million followers on Instagram or, you know, something bizarre like that. <laughs> you know, I didn't know you were a football player. Yeah. Yeah. I played at Georgia Tech for two years. Um, played for the Paul Johnson. We just got a, a new coach recently, but um, played in that offense for two years and then, you know, pivoted. Like, my body was just, like, fading away way too quick. I had to block this guy named Jeremiah Tauchu, who I forget who he plays for now. He recently played for the Chargers. 
This kid was 17 years old, 230 pounds, 6% body fat. What? Right. And, and, you know, facing someone like that for like two years straight, um, I had to, I had to get realistic about where I wanted to be in life and it was not like his, uh, his tackling dummy. So (laughs) was that, I mean, I always love asking athletes this because so much of people's identity who play sports is tied up in being a football, no pun intended, tied up in playing a football (laughs) player and being a football player. Was that hard for you being at Georgia Tech, a big football school, being a football player, and then being like, all right, I got to, you know, you, you, you take, you know, I wouldn't say a jump, but you start to kind of have to start over? Yeah. Um, you're saying, so starting over once I get to Georgia Tech or when I stop playing football? Yeah, we stop playing. Well, maybe why don't we back up a little bit? Because yeah. you, you, you told me a little bit about where you, you were born, for and sure. it didn't sound like college was kind of like the thing everyone was going to run to. Yeah, no, no, no. So I'm from um, a small town. It's called Rome, Georgia. It's around 40,000, 50,000 people. You know, I'm from a pretty large family, so I'm the oldest of eight kids. Uh, my parents were not together, so a split-parent household. I spent most of my time with my mom. So single mom, uh, five kids. She always worked, you know, a couple of jobs. Um, so really familiar with things like Section 8, you know, familiar with, um, you know, food stamps, like all that stuff. That was just like a way of life. Um, but, you know, parents definitely made a lot of sacrifices. I never went without food, never went without clothes, like all that stuff, right? All that being said, like, yeah, no, po- college wasn't the most popular thing in my hometown. And of... Of like most of my cousins, I'm one of the only ones that went to college, right? So my dad was a first generation college, uh, and then you know I went to college, ended up at Georgia Tech, which is like right down the street from Rome. It's about an hour away, and basically ended up going there because one, the football coach gave me an opportunity to play. Um, two, I could be close to my family, um, and then three, math and science were always my thing, right? So it just makes sense to go into engineering. So yeah, that's that's how I landed at Georgia Tech. Played football for two years. It, it was tough, right? Like, my hat is off to everyone who's, you know, a full-time student and then also an athlete because you essentially have – there's 24 hours in a day. Let's say you have healthy sleeping habits and you're going to sleep eight of those hours, right? At least 16 hours. You would dedicate essentially, you know, a solid, like, five or six to academics, and then you're going to dedicate another, you know, five to eight to, like, athletics, right? So that balance is essentially what you have – for social or relaxation, whatever it is, right? So doing that for four years, that's, like, tough. So, like, my hat's off to, like, everyone who, like, does that consistently. Wow. Was there expectations for you as you left home? I mean, a lot of folks come from communities or families where college was not necessarily in the, on the, you know, menu of expectations. Feel this sense of a burden of, all right, I got to do this, that, and the other thing. And then, you know, whether it's come back to this place or go make this much money or whatever it may be, was there something on your shoulders that you felt when you left? Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> so both of my parents made a lot of sacrifices to get me to where I am, right? So, you know, yeah, I grew up in a low-income household, but because my dad was a high school teacher at a local school called Darlington, it's like a private school that essentially transitions into a boarding school, um, because he was a teacher there, I actually went to that school free of charge. Right. So at Darlington, the norm, there's a 99 percent graduation and college rate. Right. So the norm in my high school was to go to college. And because of the sacrifices my dad made, I was actually able to go to that school. Right. Because he was a basketball star. He played, you know, he's a McDonald's All-American. He was a All-American at Emory University in Atlanta. Um, and he decided to go into like teaching to like set me up. Right. So you have my dad making those sacrifices. Then you have my mom. She's consistently working two jobs, making sure the kids have food, like all that good stuff. Right. So because of everything they did for me, 
I really didn't have an option. Like I had to go to the next level. Like my dad essentially told me at a young age, like everything he does is for me and my siblings, right? Um, and his only request of me is that I do the same thing for my children, right? So my dad essentially built the foundation, um, which set me up to do something to strive for an even higher level than he was able to achieve. And then my goal is to do that and set up my children to strive even higher than like I was able to, right? So there, yes, this is like this consistent, yeah, I feel this obligation to like both of my parents to be the best person I can be, which that's college, that's beyond college, that's going into the working world, that's making, you know, a fair amount of money, right? Like you have to get out of the phase of just surviving and paying the bills and actually start towards like building something, right? So building wealth for the next generation, whatever it may be, right? Yeah. So I definitely say that that's influenced me. So you you drop the kind of college athlete uh, aura or persona, let's say. You end up what you you study something pretty difficult, as I recall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I studied mechanical engineering. It was fun. There the classes are definitely tough. Uh, there was a lot of classes I had where the the teacher's first language wasn't English, and so it, it would actually be tough to you have the first thing you have to do is learn to understand what they're saying and then once you understand what they're saying then you match that up with the textbook and essentially like teach yourself the lessons right so when you factor in the difficulty of the topic and then also you're exposed to all these different acts accents for like the first time ever um it was pretty tough but then you factor on football on top of that so i don't have a lot of time um and then you factor on the fact that i'm in college so i actually want to be somewhat social it, it compounds really quick uh but it, it was a great experience and if i could do it again i would definitely do it again yeah wow and what happens next what happens after school yeah so you know toying around with that and i'm i'm a bit torn because uh for a couple different reasons um so like the first of which is i'm at a time where i need to figure out if i want to pursue you know what i'm extremely passionate about or pursue somewhere where I know I can make an impact like very early on, right? And in an ideal scenario, those things would overlap, but sometimes they don't, right? So what I'm passionate about, that's gonna be like entertainment and media, right? So um, that's music, that's movies. You think about companies like Spotify, Netflix, all those type of companies, right? Um, we'll love to go there just because I think content's one of those magical things and that it can have, it just has a myriad of impacts on individuals and one of the most versatile things, right? If you ask someone why they listen to music, they could listen to music to relax. They could listen to music to get amped up. They could get listen to music to decompress. They could listen to music to, you know, minimize stress, whatever it is, right? There's just like so many different, so many different ways that music can impact an individual. And I've always been like, you know, fascinated about that. So that's, that's on the one side, like pursue my passions. Um, but then there's this concept around like have an impact. When I say have an impact, you know, being from like the black community, I want to see us more represented in places where we historically haven't been, right? So that's going to be um, places like venture capitalism, right? So investment related stuff, private equity, you know, some of the more strategic roles. Um, a lot of people can look at us and you see, you know, the, the athletes of the world, you see the entertainers of the world, and that's kind of sort of what they expect. So I'm torn because I don't know if I want to pursuing my passion i could essentially be falling into what everyone envisions me to be versus if i go you know this investment role like i also enjoy investments and that's somewhere where they don't typically see people who look like me so that's a chance to change people's like perception of what it means to be you know black in america right to show them that like yes we can also do this um so i'm, I'm kind of sort of torn right there 
That's super interesting because it's almost like you have to decide. You, there's some bound, like dotted line. I mean, I guess this is how it always goes down to, which is like, what do what do I actually want to do? But then take away from that, like what you think you're supposed to want to do. Like, especially, yeah. like you said, like you go into entertainment media. It's like, well, that's maybe the more well-trodden path for mm-hmm. folks from the black community. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that's what you want to do, like, is that okay? Yeah, exactly. Right. And it's, it's something I wish I didn't have to grapple with, but I think it's, it's like a reality. Right. And so, yeah, that's a question there. And there's just like this macro topic around, you know, being participators in an industry versus being like owners of the industry. Right. So if you think about the NFL and the NBA, right, the vast majority of those athletes are like people of color. Um, but then if you look at the owners, it doesn't look like that at all. Um, same thing if you look across like hip hop or whatnot, like most of the artists are going to be people of color. Um, but then you look at a lot of the managers and you look at a lot of the, you know, the execs and the labels and, you know, a lot of the people like further upstream and they may not necessarily look like them. Right. Um, so like how the question is like, how do you get into those like ownership, I guess those ownership roles. Right. And to me, that's probably the ideal place. Right. So like, yeah, I'm in entertainment, but you know, I'm in one of the roles where you didn't expect me to be in entertainment. Right. Uh, so that's, that's, I feel like that's like one of the, that would be an ideal situation for me. How do you explain this to, or what, how do you, what are the toughest conversations you might've had to have or might still have to have as you think of these two routes, whether it's kind of the, the business world if, and see what opportunities are there versus the entertainment world. Yeah. What are the hardest conversations that come up and maybe it's, it can be with yourself, with others. Yeah. So one of the ones with myself is this concept of short-term versus long-term goals, right? So, you know, in order for me to, you know, given that I'm coming from a traditional background and like management consulting, um, to get to where I want to be on the entertainment space, I need exposure to the industry, right? So there, there's a question around, you know, in the short term, do I have to kind of sort of hop into one of the roles that I wouldn't be enthusiastic about in the long term, right? Do I have to become an analyst at like a Spotify or something like that, right? To understand the music industry and then maybe get to that that exact level on down the road. So like balancing that is a pretty tough conversation. Um, the other one is like geographies, right? So as we think about like the hotbed for a lot of this stuff, uh, it's gonna be like LA, New York, um, a lot of the major cities. And like my heart's in Atlanta. My family's right north of Atlanta. I'm the oldest of eight kids. Um, I have two nephews on my mom's side, and then I have, you know, three nieces and nephews on my dad's side, right? So, you know, I want to be there in their lives, right? Because I've benefited from having mentors who aren't in my family pour into me, right? Um, so I want to do that. But then also, I want to be mentors to those people like in my family. Um, and I feel like I can better do that if I'm close to them. So if there's opportunity for me to be in Atlanta. So I'd say that's, that's also like a pretty tough one. Um, because there's not necessarily the opportunities that I want in Atlanta, maybe I can create those, right? And that's something I've been looking into. But as things stand, it looks like I would have to be in like on the West Coast or in the Northeast and not necessarily in the South, which is where I want to be. And how does that play out? I think that's something that we probably hear a lot about in our community when we talk about like, you have these considerations. One is family uh, and like, if you've got a family yet, which doesn't sound like you do, but then you do have like the the kind of location part and proximity to, to this, like this the family in the second tier, which mm-hmm. is like, you know, for now and for the future, putting it on roots and how do you weigh that 
with mm-hmm. like your own desires like i think it's like would you rather have could you have everything you want professionally but if you're sitting alone on some island somewhere is that worth it versus having on the other side of the spectrum nothing that meets your goals professionally but you're in your backyard you know where do you fall or or you know, at what point, and I don't know if you know the answer, or I know the answer of like, where does someone say, okay, this is the balance that I strike. Um, and I think that probably that balance probably changes over time too, depending on where you are in life. For sure, for sure. So for me, um, that's also a tough one because you have to be real with yourself. And my family is the most important, right? So if I could, you know, if you gave me the opportunity to be a billionaire and not talk to my family or just make a living wage and see my family, I'm going to do the living wage, right? Because like what good's the money if you don't have the people to spend it with, right? And so, you can hang out with me. I mean, you could. Spend it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could. I could fill out the Mike Lewis out to wherever I am. So I mean, so for me, it's it's definitely family is the most important thing. But at the same time, there's this concept around you can't help people if you can't help yourself, right? So, see, I saw this like interesting thing. It was like you, you essentially if you were building your house with like bricks, right? And then someone's to your right and they're asking you for support or whatever it may be, right? You can't give them the bricks that you're building your house with because, you know, at the end of the day, neither of y'all are gonna have the shelter, right? So it, in my opinion, is better to build your house with those bricks and then invite the person in, right? Um, so all that to say, like, I need to get my financial situation in order and then I can help those that I want or have an impact on those that I want to have an impact on. Um, so in the short term, it's like I need to pursue financial stability. Um, in the long term, it's I need to be financially stable at home, right? So my long-term goal is to, to be that like beacon of light that my family needs, that my community needs. Um, and that might mean some short-term sacrifices being across the world, whatever it may be, right? Um, so that's, that's kind of sort of how I look at it. That's interesting. I heard a very similar one. I remember going on a spring break trip. Uh, it was actually a, it was like a philanthropic trip where we would, we went to a, a rural part of Dominican Republic and, and worked on some projects in the community there. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, when you get exposed, whether it's through that or through the news or whatever it may be, you're living that situation, you want to help. But I remember a person on the trip said it's kind of like the... Um, those oxygen masks and and on airplanes the message is always secure your mask first yeah. and then do the you know sure. people around you sure. so i i get that um this is probably unrelated but what what about music you said content is this powerful you know i don't know how you described it well why why music why media yeah um so i mean i look back i look back at the things that have been constant in my life right so i'm 26 now i consistently have had a great family and that's why i care so much about my family right i've you know consistently been a pretty spiritual individual right so spirituality is up is really up there um high on my list but then the other thing is like i've consistently listened to music right um you know whether it's preparing for a test whether it's taking a test whether it's you know commuting around and i've essentially evolved from a casual consumer of music uh, and over time it you just so I'm casually listening to music and then I'm curious about the lyrics and then I'm curious about the artist and you know why did this artist choose to word it this way why did this artist put this song after this song and so you, you start to like dive into the album and what does the album mean and it's essentially like a story right um, and and so you essentially just 
become connected with those artists. And then you start to see, like, as I went into the professional world, more of the economics behind it, right? And so you have these, you know, content creators who are creating, like, mu magical music that's bringing people through life events, right? Like, whether it's, um, you know, your girlfriend, boyfriend just broke up with you, whether it's, um, you know, you just got into school, you're going out celebrating your 25th birthday, whatever it is, like, these content creators are creating the soundtrack for our lives, right? Um, but then you look at, like, how much of the money they actually get, uh, and it's, it's like kind of sort of concerning, right? You look at people like TLC, who everyone who lived in the 90s in the United States probably knows who like TLC is, you know, don't go chasing waterfalls, all that good stuff, right? Um, and then you, you see them having to make like appearances on TV shows, like just to get by. And it's like how, if they had that much impact on this many people, like how do they not, how are they not financially stable today, right? And I think a piece of that comes from the way that the, the system has been like set up. And so... I kind of sort of see an opportunity to create a world in which the people who are creating that beautiful content that's pushing us through some of the most meaningful parts of our life are fairly compensated, right? And so I'd say like that is my passion in music, right? Like how can I make sure those artists have the money they need to create more of this beautiful music? Um, because that beautiful music is actually making everyone's life better regardless of you know what you're going through. So, I, I never thought of myself as a music person. This is funny. I don't think I've ever talked about this on the show. I don't think we've ever had someone <laughs> in music, and yet music is around us at all times. There's people that love music, but I never thought of myself as a music person. I felt like I wasn't cool enough. I wasn't like, I didn't have the kind of like <laughs> the, the expertise or whatever. And then you find, you know, it's kind of like a spectrum, right? Uh, or it just doesn't even matter if you're an expert or not. You can still enjoy music. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but I found in phases of my life, like sometimes I have a music playlist to, I, for a long time, actually, I think in high school, I was like a sleep playlist. I'd put it on when I'm like trying to oh, go to well, sleep. Yeah, so I always yeah. had music to go sleep to. And then now it's like, I want silence. Yeah. But in the mornings, I'll like bring my cell phone into the bathroom and put it on the sink and like play some sort of playlist that'll like, you know, get me in some sort of mood. And I don't know if it's, I can't deal with silence. And I know we've had people on the show a lot talk about like mindfulness and peace and whatever. <laughs> So they're kind of these competing things. And I guess it's like one part me not knowing if I'm not good enough, but like if I'm like a real expert to be like a music person and then separately, like, do I, is there a place for it? That's where is it? A, where is it best fit in, in my life to make the most out of like me starting my day or ending my day? Yeah. And, and I don't, I, you know, for people who have no sense of music, who just listen to this podcast, which is awesome. If that's all they do, great. <laughs> but if, it's a sometimes it's an intimidating thing to be like well what playlist do i listen to yeah, what sure. where would i start you know for so sure. if you had if you don't listen to music at all yeah. if you were to do one thing tomorrow or today and that would be actually productive for your life make yeah. you maybe just whatever a better happier person yeah. is there is there one thing you would say yeah, yeah actually um so there's one or two routes and it depends on not one or two routes but i'm going to recommend one or two routes and it depends on which platform you want to support um, so the first one I'll talk about is like Spotify. Uh, and so you can actually just, you know, sign up for Spotify, do the the free, um, the I guess it's the free subscription. Uh, and you can literally type in whatever mood you're in, right? Like if you type in waking up, they'll have a waking up playlist. And the other cool thing is like 
other people will create playlists that they use for whatever that is, right? So if you don't even know anything about music, you understand moods, you understand how you want to feel, you understand what you're trying to do, right? Literally just type in those words into like a Spotify and they're going to pop up some playlists. Fiddle around those. You can do the same thing um, essentially on Apple Music. Um, and then if you want to learn a little more, just like go to Google and type in, you know, what's good music to wake up to, right? Um, and just experiment with that. And I'd say that's probably one of the best places to start is like waking up and going to bed. Um, and then if you want to integrate into like various, like the, I guess during the day, there's other stuff you can do, but we, we can just like start there. Um, yeah. That's very digestible. I like that <laughs> yeah. a lot. What, uh, if you were to, okay, so you could go to Spotify, you could type in wake up. Yep. Um, that that's right. I mean, and that's, what's so cool. It's like food, you know, you put in like, you know, healthy food or comfort food into some, you know, search, you can find what some people think of healthy and good, right? But that's different than yours. What, um, if you were to make a jump playlist of like, you know, music that, you know, gets you in the mood to be like, I'm going to take some risks today, where would that go? (laughs) What would be on it? Um, not to put you on the spot or anything. Yeah, no, 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 for sure. So, uh, I like, um, like workout playlists, to be honest, right? It's, it's very high tempo. Um, so if, if you're trying to like amp yourself up for, to, you know, to make a big move or whatever it may be, one of the workout playlists, I think there's like a beast mode playlist they have and um, there's like a workout workout playlist they have, right? So it just depends. So that's one. But then, you know, sometimes it's not necessarily that you need to amp yourself up, but you may actually need to like calm yourself down, right? Um, you may just need to just get to a very comfortable baseline where you feel like you're going to make the best decisions, whatever it is. And then you can go into like classical music, right? You can go into jazz music, like all that stuff for sending you. Um, but me, I'm going to, I'm probably going to likely amp myself up. Um, and I mean, artists I like for that is, uh, so ASAP Ferg is super high energy. Travis Scott, love him. Super high energy. Um, a lot of the, the Kanye West stuff is going to be like super high energy. So it's, you can see most of this is hip hop, but I'm listening to those guys and I'm looking for stuff with like high BPM, um, which is like beats per minute, right? It's like essentially the tempo of the song. Um, I want bass heavy music. I want to dance before I jump, right? Let me warm up. <laughs> yeah, let me let me loosen up the quads. Let me loosen up the hamstrings, all that good stuff. Uh, and that's actually normally how I start my days. Just ready to attack whatever I have. Is there one song you would tell the listeners to go listen to? Uh, which, right, is, gonna, which is broad, I know. I'm going to give I'm going to give three different songs. Okay. Um, based on like the mood that you're going for. You're going for like a very chill vibe. Um, I'm a big fan of the song Better by um, Khalid. So K-H-A-L-I-D, and that's better. And then if you want something like that really will get you amped up, you can't go wrong with, I'm gonna go with Travis Scott because I'm really feeling him lately. So he has a song called 3500, and then he has another one um called sicko mode like both of those are like super high energy and i'm you know i'm real big on them so i'll say those so better by khalid and then 3500 or sicko mode by travis scott awesome yeah uh last question for you i mean this has been fascinating just by the breadth of things we've covered we're um you know maybe ending where we started you know you talk about growing up in rome and and the expectations and this push and pull of where, you know, you could see the road kind of dividing at a fork of like what you think you should do, what you want to do. Is that, you know, copping out? Is that being strong? 
if you were to fast forward the clocks and you know 20 years from now 30 years from now 40 years from now time to reflect back what would you be most proud of i'd be most proud of going about Javorsky. <laughs> um, so you know, twenty years from now, so I'm twenty six, so I would be forty six. I would I would be most proud of well, first of all, like having a family, right? So that's you know, a wife and a couple kids, two maybe three kids. Not eight. Not not eight. Um eight eight was it is eventful. We have we have good Thanksgivings and Christmases. Uh but yeah, I'm just thinking what type of house I want to have and all that good stuff. And I think two, maybe three, like so we can fit on in one car. That'd be that'd be dope. You know, I'd love to be at a level where I can go by the name Travorsky. I'd love to have a family um, with a wife and you know two or three kids. I would love to be at a state where I'm only working, you know, forty to fifty hours, so I can actually spend time with those that I, I really care about. Um, I want to have created the opportunity for you know, i don't know what the number is let's just i'm just gonna throw out 20 how about that we said 20 20 people 20 years so i want to have given 20 people the opportunity to do something that they would not otherwise have had the opportunity to do right so i don't know if that's you know say i were to go to, into vc right maybe that's pulling 20 people of color into vc um maybe it's um giving 20 musical artists the opportunity to you know, make it on the big stage. I don't know, right? But I want to have had an impact on, let's say, at least 20 people. And I definitely want to be in Atlanta. Um, Atlanta or Rome, so somewhere in the South. Oh, I love that. I, I, that's a great way. I mean, 20 people, 20 years. It's like, you know, find one person a year, exactly, right? Exactly, exactly. This year I'm working on the Mike Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to go full name here. Travorsi Tylon Garrett. Yes, yes. Uh, this has been has been wonderful. Thank you so much for joining the When to Jump uh, podcast today. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. All right, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Ty. Uh, I love that point on uh, on the number of people to impact and what twenty years out looks like. For more on when to jump, you know where to find us, whentojump.com. Send us a message. We'd love to hear from you, hearing from more and more folks every day, which is awesome. And uh, if you've got a jump, we would we would love to share it. So at when to jump on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. Uh, on the website, whentojump.com, send us a message. Uh, we'd love to hear from people. And thank you for, for always being so active. We have such an amazing community all over the place, across the world. Uh, I think we had someone writing in from a co-working space in Portugal last week. Uh, and then someone from uh, from Kansas this week from Overland Park. So shout out to all of you. And uh, the When to Jump book is out in paperback. So check that out when you get a chance. Uh, it's a little bit easier to, to carry and I would say bring to the beach, but it is the winter. So maybe in the summer, bring it to the beach, uh, but go check it out. It is everywhere books are sold. That'll do it for the show this week. My name is Mike Lewis. Thank you so much for joining and I'll see you next week.